Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. We're going to get back on the beam tonight against Chicago. Tarek El-Bashir from The Athletic joins us to discuss the state of the team and Hershey's COVID troubles continue. No games, including this weekend. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, December 2nd. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. It's the Capitals and the Chicago Blackhawks tonight at Capital One Arena, the only visit by the Hawks to the district this season. It is also the beginning of a four-game homestand to kick off December after a largely successful month of November, with one very notable exception two days ago in South Florida. Joining us on today's show, you read him at The Athletic, you see him from time to time at the NHL on TNT. Tarek El-Bashir joining us here on Caps this morning. Let's get right to it. What the heck happened in the third period Tuesday night? Most shots ever allowed in a third period in franchise history. (laughs) Zero pushback, a loss in regulation after leading by three goals. Blip on the radar or cause for concern? You know, I'm going to say blip on the radar. I thought the third period against Carolina had some of the same traits, but that's still too small a sample size for me to say this is a trend and this is concerning. I think the Capitals have played very well this season, and I feel like they've really put a heavy amount of workload on some of their top guys, and there's been some unfavorable challenges with regard to the schedule. No one wants to hear that the guys were tired and let off the gas a little bit because they thought they had won the game and they were looking forward to the flight home and the day off, but that's probably what happened. And and let's give Florida some credit. This wasn't the Arizona Coyotes that uh, mounted some crazy comeback. This is a team that's been sniffing the NHL lead all season long had only lost one game in regulation on home ice all season long. This is a good Panthers team. I know no one goes to the game, (laughs) but I mean, they're they're a really good team. So I assume they're going to point out the mistakes on video to kind of then just say, let's turn the page, boys, and get on to the Blackhawks. If they struggle again in their next game to hold a lead or just struggle in general, then okay, maybe there is a workload issue here that needs to be addressed. Maybe... You know, we have hit that wall of the prospects contributing. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they've got some guys that are punching above their weight right now. And at some point, young players kind of hit that wall that they seemingly all do. Not saying it's going to happen, but it's something to keep an eye on. I'm glad you brought up the Carolina game because going back to what Peter Laviolette said after the game on Tuesday night, and by the way, about as angry as we've ever seen him, he made that comment about the third period in Carolina, so they stopped working and then did it again in Florida, and that was a cause for concern. We got punched. We weren't punching back, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I really thought, Tarek, that the third period in Carolina, they played a very good road game. Carolina, just like Florida, one of the NHL's best, they come out firing in the third period. But the Capitals, I thought, showed pretty good pushback. I didn't have a lot of issue with that game in Carolina. I thought that you're in their building and they come back and 
and you punch him in the mouth and got it done at the end. I agree. I mean, you know, you you see a couple of problematic things happen in back-to-back third periods, and maybe you start to kind of look for associations that aren't there. I'm not so sure there was a there's a ton of similarity between those two third periods. I thought there it was not nineteen thousand feet fan nineteen thousand fans on their feet giving it to the Caps and swinging that momentum. That was just the Panthers coming out of the locker room and going all right, boys, we're a top team. They're a top team. We're at home. Let's go do this. And the Caps probably, like I said, thinking, man, this is – we got a little break coming up tomorrow. We're up three goals. And, I mean, look, we've both been doing this for a couple of decades. How many times do you see, regardless of the sport even, when a team has a lead and the other team knows they've got a finite amount of time to, to mount a comeback – the pendulum swings. It just does. And sometimes you give up a goal early in the period or you give up a touchdown early in the fourth. And it's hard to regain that momentum, especially against a good team. Once you give a good team momentum, it's hard to get it back. And they got that goal early and it just kind of seemed to snowball from there. Uh, again, I, I'm not so sure that there's reason to press the panic button just yet. I mean, they still are, the Capitals are still leading the Metro division. They're still without $25 million in veteran players. They still had an incredible incredibly productive November you know I if I'm a fan I'm nervous and maybe slightly concerned about what happened last game but again not looking for the panic button just yet on the subject of that 25 million dollars you were talking about TJ Oshie doesn't make the trip to Florida Backstrom still skating but non-contact do we know anything about Anthony Mantha at this point November 4th he goes in for surgery and really haven't heard a whole lot since Justin Schultz is out what do we know about the injured guys going into the Chicago game it's funny you're asking me this now because next on my list of things to do as I'm working on my mailbag for The Athletic is to start making phone calls and try to get a sense. But just from what I've observed and from what I've been told in the last few days, Backstrom is making progress. It is slow, but he is slowly starting to get back to where he needs to be, where he can then start ramping up and getting ready for his return. A little over a week ago, he started working out with Wendy Marco from Cold Rush. Anyone who has a hockey player in this area that plays at a high level, you probably probably done power skating with her and you know it's no joke <laughs> she's really tough so once he started working out with her you could tell that the the process of getting to the point where he can start getting jostled and kind of bumping his teammates like that's getting closer and that's what I'll be looking for here over the next week is when does he take that no contact jersey off and is able to take some contact to accept a bump here or there because what I've been told about Backstrom is the type of injury he has there's a high probability of setback if you're not right you have to be very 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 careful about adhering to each step and not trying to skip ahead. If you skip ahead and you get to a step too fast, there's a chance of a setback, and they don't want that, obviously. With regard to Mantha, I've only seen him physically a couple of times. Didn't see any braces, arm wasn't in a sling, but I don't think he's close to being on the ice. In my mind, I think he's out long-term. Like We're not going to see him until the other side of the Olympics like that. I I was told it was a pretty tough injury. The question now kind of becomes, what will their cap space look like at the deadline, right? Because if Backstrom, let's say Backstrom comes off in January, let's say he comes off later this month or in January, his $9.2 million goes on, then you put Mantha on there, and that takes $5.7 million, doesn't take it off, but it allows you to exceed by that amount. So again, the cap's no longer a problem. You can have a maximum of 23 players, you can keep shuttling guys between the minor leagues, assuming the COVID situation is under control, it should be by that time. But then the question becomes, 
Okay. You got Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov lighting it up. You're probably doing a little better than you thought you'd be doing, especially given the injuries. Do you push all the chips to the middle of the table again? I mean, you got the cap space if Mantha's, if he's still out and maybe he comes back in the playoffs. Do you go get Marc-Andre Fleury? Do you go get Philip Forsberg? I mean, do you go big? And for the longest time, John, I thought, nope, the Caps are at the end of their window. They got to start getting ready for the reload. You can't trade any more first rounders, second rounders, third round. You got to keep these. eh, I don't know. I'm starting to think this might be one of those special years and you can't let that slip. You don't know what next year is going to look like, right? Everyone's going to be a year older. You don't know what it's going to look like. Do you push the chips to the middle of the table and say, here's what we're going to do. Let's go all in. Let's try to win this thing again. You know, another thing, I know I've been rambling here, but another thing is you've got all these 23-year-olds who have come up and have shown they can play a little bit in the NHL. Are those bargaining chips now? Are those guys that maybe you can go, huh, you know what? Maybe Alexei Protus is ready. And if Protus is ready, maybe we can trade that guy and get some more and get a goaltender for that guy. You know, so it kind of opens up a whole world of possibilities. I I think on the other side of the Olympics, it could be really interesting here in D.C. Yeah, no question. And if the Olympics, for whatever reason, don't happen and they don't go and the season gets shortened, maybe you can LTI a guy and maybe you get to the end of the regular season sooner, too. Who knows knows there? want to uh, talk to you about some of the guys who are here. Alexei Protus, making decisions really tough on hockey operations, assuming this team will get healthy at some point. But this looks like a guy who's going to hang around. You know, it's funny. I, I was looking at the cap situation right before you called. And I would say Faravari and McMichael to me are slam dunk locks. Like they're here. If I got to send Dennis Chalowski to Hershey to make room once everyone's healthy, like they'll make those two guys are good. I think Protus is making a really strong argument for himself, right? You know, it's been a couple of games with Daniel Sprong out of the lineup. I don't know how, you know, where he stands with the coaches right now. Protus and McMichael do two things that a lot of guys in that forward group don't. They can play center and wing. And if you're going to continue to be banged up and maybe you're concerned about some COVID issues potentially popping up, you want position flexibility. Not only are these guys playing well, not only are they young and hungry and playing with attitude and playing fast, they can also play two positions, and that should not be overlooked, especially given, again, this is an older team that's already run to injury problems, and with the way the world is going right now, more guys can end up on the COVID list. Maybe you're starting to think about that. So to me, long story short, I, I think Faravari, McMichael, to me, are slam dunks to say. I think Protus is making that decision really hard, which is what the coaches want. The coaches always tell these kids at the start of training camp, hey, listen, we like you. We drafted you for a reason. You're here in training camp with Alex Ovechkin for a reason. Don't make me cut you. I don't want to cut you. I want to trade that guy and bring you on. But you got to give me reason. I, I think Protus, with the way he's playing, I mean, that that reach, not the greatest skater yet, but it's getting better. Just being able to, you know, the Caps MO of being bigger and heavier and being able to lean on guys. That's a dude who can lean on guys at six foot six, 225 pounds. If he's not a full-timer later this year, I think they find a spot for him next year. You mentioned a couple of times in there about COVID and the Capitals have it awfully close to home at this point, not in Washington, but in Hershey as the organization, as if they needed anything else to worry about at this point, we're hearing that upwards of double digit guys, including the coaching staff have it down there. And that's why they shut down and and not going this weekend either. I'm no doctor, but I do know that I've been on a lot of buses in my life and where the airplanes and the charter flights are pretty good at ventilating air. 
I'm here to tell you the buses aren't, and I'm wondering if that isn't part of the deal here with the Sudbury Wolves and the Providence Bruins and the Bridgeport Islanders and all these minor league teams that primarily travel by bus. But right now, there is a little bit of an issue here, Tarek, that if they need anybody from Hershey, they may not be able to go grab them right now. John, you've nailed it, and I was thinking about this a few minutes ago. I was actually talking to a friend of mine who's a referee who does a lot of AHL games, and we, we both came to the same conclusion, the same thing you just said. Planes have incredible air filtration. I have flown across the country twice now, knock on wood, and, and I've been fine. I've been, I'm vaccinated too, but, I, but again, like no concerns. We haven't heard about outbreaks on planes. Buses, a whole nother thing. They are not, they don't have the sophisticated filtration system that the airplanes do. You know, some of these arenas that the Caps have been playing in also are, have upgraded filtration systems, which is why you aren't seeing spread within these arenas too. But you get on one of those buses, man, and I, and again, you've been on them. I poked my head on them. <laughs> They're <laughs> better that you know, way. Yeah, if, if you get on a bus where there's been thirty stinky hockey players on there for a few hours, and you're you're coming in with fresh air, it's like whoa, whoa, yeah. So, but you're right with regard to the Capitals and being able to pull anyone up. I mean, that's a real concern now. If if you've got guys testing positive down there, you've got to be really, really careful. You don't want to introduce anything to your team I, again i also going on a tangent here the fact that lars eller was able to be around the team and test positive and the team is fully vaccinated from my understanding and no one else tested positive again that speaks to the filtration systems on an airplane they flew all the way from from dulles to los angeles five-hour flight and no one else got it so you know circumstantial evidence but it probably is the buses and i think there's probably some some folks that are looking into how to upgrade those those filtration systems on those on those things because planes probably aren't in the picture but yeah that's gonna be a problem for the caps if they run into any future injuries you know what do you do here over the next week and a half or so until you get all cleared down in hershey appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us Tarek. we'll see you around sure. the rink thanks for joining us thanks for having me john Caps and the Chicago Blackhawks tonight at 7, Network Airtime at 6.45. Your extended pregame show exclusively here on Caps Radio 24-7 starts at 4 o'clock. Have a great Thursday, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.